Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Friday, December 6th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Dark money has made its way into political advertising in the UK general election. CVC Capital Partners could be creating global football tournaments that challenge some of the sport's biggest leagues. Uber releases its first-ever safety report, and U.S. House Democrats ready articles of impeachment against President Donald Trump. Plus, Saudi Aramco becomes the world's biggest IPO as OPEC and its allies discuss more oil production cuts in Vienna. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. So-called shadow political campaigns bought thousands of digital ads in the first month of the UK general election campaign. And it's not just on Facebook. An FT analysis found that these campaigns, which have no clear party affiliation, have spent more than £500,000 on ads with Facebook, Instagram, Google, and Snapchat. It's more than double the amount spent by the Conservative Party's central office on Facebook ads. There's not a whole lot of surface-level information available on these groups. And with all the concern over disinformation and meddling in elections, transparency advocates are worried about how closely these groups are tied to political parties. Take one group called Capitalist Worker. It began putting ads on Facebook at the end of last month, campaigning against the Labor Party. Go to the Capitalist Worker Facebook page, and it's pretty vague. The information section just says that it's about defending the freedom and property of British citizens. Nothing about its funding. But look up the Capitalist Worker's registration on the Electoral Commission website. That's the UK watchdog you'll find that the group is linked to a Brexit party member of the European Parliament. That MEP is also the communications director for a pro-Brexit lobby group. Capitalist Worker has spent more than any other non-party campaigner. £14,000 targeted at men between the ages of 18 and 34. Since the 2017 election, the number of non-party campaign groups registered with the Electoral Commission has gone up. It was at 43 groups two years ago. Now it's at 67. One of the world's biggest private equity groups is looking to create an ambitious global football league to rival some of the most popular tournaments. CVC Capital Partners is holding discussions with FIFA about acquiring the commercial rights to the revamped Club World Cup. The tournament will feature some of the world's biggest football teams. In October, FIFA announced that the current Club World Cup will be replaced by a 24-team contest held every four years. China will host the first expanded tournament in 2021. Sources also tell the FT that CVC and other corporate groups have been approached by the club Real Madrid about creating a new club league contest. Several people with knowledge of the talks say one option is to create a rival competition to Club World Cup. We're seeing more of private equity moving into the world's most popular sport lately. Last week, U.S.-based Silver Lake reached a $500 million deal to acquire about 10% of City Football Group, which is the parent company of Manchester City. An average of eight people every day in the U.S. have reported being sexually assaulted while using Uber, according to a safety report by the company. Uber released the report, which is the first of its kind, on Thursday. Uber disclosed that in America last year, the service had a little more than 3,000 sexual assault incidents of all kinds, ranging from non-consensual touching and kissing. 
Sexual assault of the most serious kind occurred more than four times a week. The 84-page report covered 2017 and 2018, but since there's little precedent, it makes it tough to compare to taxi services or other forms of transportation. Plus, there's the sheer number of rides. Uber notes that it offers 3 million trips a day. And CEO Dara Khosrowshahi said, quote, Many people will be surprised at how rare these incidents are. He added that others will understandably think they're still too common. And Democrats are marching forward in the impeachment of U.S. President Donald Trump. U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi made a televised statement yesterday where she explained that Democrats will be drawing up articles of impeachment against the president. Ms. Pelosi refused to say what the articles of impeachment would contain, and while she didn't answer when the vote on the articles would be, many Democrats expect that it will take place before Christmas. And here's a story you should know more about. On Thursday, Saudi Aramco announced that it had raised a record $25.6 billion in its initial public offering, making it the world's biggest IPO. Shares for the state oil group will sell on the Saudi Tadawul stock exchange for 32 rials each. That's $8.53. That will give it a market valuation of $1.7 trillion. But the pricing still falls short of the kingdom's earlier ambitions. The FT's Angelia Raval is in Vienna where Saudi Arabia and its OPEC allies have been negotiating supply cuts, which would also support the Aramco float. This is still a scaled-back version of what the kingdom had initially wanted, which was this blockbuster listing on an international stock exchange, raising $100 billion and valuing the company at $2 trillion. And that was the valuation that Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, the very powerful heir to the throne, you know, that's that's the valuation he wanted for the best part of four years. But the kingdom couldn't get the foreign demand from institutions that it wanted. And so in the end, this listing will be largely reliant on Saudi investors, retail investors and institutions, pension funds and such things in the kingdom, but also regional investors such as sovereign wealth funds in the Gulf. Angela, you're talking to me from Vienna as OPEC leaders meet. Can you give me an idea of what the big line is coming out of that? OPEC and its allies outside of the oil-produced cartel are meeting to discuss oil policy for the next year and what happens in 2020. And so far, they discussed curbing oil production by a further 500,000 barrels a day. So bear in mind that there are already cuts in place of 1.2 million barrels, so this will take total cuts to 1.7. And the aim is to keep oil prices uh, in check and to stop prices falling in 2020. There's been lots of different factors that have been really hanging over the oil market. One of them is how robust the U.S. shale sector will be and how much it may undermine whatever cuts global producers are trying to pull together. There's also a big question around global demand and the U.S.-China trade spat Uh, The talks on again, off again, have been hanging over this this question around trade and what that might mean for for oil demand. The other reason why Saudi Arabia in particular wants to keep prices in check is, of course, because they do want the IPO of Saudi Aramco to be a huge success. So what else should we be looking for, Anjali? The only other point I would add 
would be that the shares are 4.7 almost times oversubscribed. And they're quite keen to emphasize that to show that, you know, there is huge demand in the kingdom and in the region for these shares. While that's true, there are lots of factors that have been implemented in order for this to be a success. So, for example, the retail investors have been given huge loans, but also been offered bonus shares. Other investors were told about a mega $75 billion annual dividend. And there have been a whole series of things that the kingdom has implemented to try and boost the value of Saudi Aramco. Some of these things were not enough to get big institutional investors on board, even as some sovereign wealth funds in the region have decided to invest. So it's great that we're now in the final stretch and the kingdom is probably incredibly happy with that because they will see this as a win and it will be perceived in the kingdom as a big win, particularly for Prince Mohammed, who has been battling lots of other things at the same time. There's issues on the economic front and also broader geopolitical crises that haven't been perceived too well. So for the kingdom, Mohammed bin Salman definitely wanted the Aramco IPO to be a success and so that he could show this to be a massive political win for him as well as all the Saudi people. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Amy Keene and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Amelia Mahasik. We also had help from Gavin Coleman and Michael Bruning. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com.